tension no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today you shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said you will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Heavenly God, we thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to be assembled before you today, to hear your word and to move in this dimension of your word, to experience your grace and experience your mercy. We thank you that Lord, your word will come to us in understanding and clarity in the mighty name of Jesus Holy Spirit, I invite you to take over completely and absolutely. For I have no words of mine by thine. Therefore, Lord, use this vessel to your glory. That at the end of the day, thy name will alone shall be exalted and be praised. I subdue every power, grace, and I decree that your grace abound and take over. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. This morning, I'm sharing with you on the message I've titled, Flourishing in God's Courtyard flourishing in god's courtyard tell somebody flourish Flourish. in god's courtyard courtyard. turn to another person tell the person flourish Flourish. in god's courtyard it is important for us to know that a lot of us come to church for the sake of coming to church and a lot of us belong for the sake of belonging you might choose to support a team not because you know the in-depth of the team, just because you love their colors. Or you love one player in the team. And that alone excites you to support the team. There were a lot of Ghanaians who were supporting Chelsea, not because they love Chelsea then, but they were supporting Chelsea when Michael Essien was in Chelsea. Now, it was not because they loved the team, but they supported. There are people who supported teams because they saw their fathers when they were born supporting that team. So he asked them today, they said, I am a fan of Accra House of Folk. But the truth is that they don't know anything about Accra House of Folk. But they don't know anything. Or I belong to me, Diema Stars. The issue is that either their friend or their loved one or somebody loved it and they also followed. There are people who were born in the church and by so you meet them today, they said, I am a Methodist or I'm a Catholic or I'm a Presbyterian or I belong to ICGC not because of personal discovery but it's because of affiliation are you understanding me there are people who have found themselves in churches because of popular acclamation because they want to identify with that church because the church is the most thriving church in town and the and the man of god or whatever is is making waves so they want to associate with the waves and they want to associate with the personality so they belong to the church are you there with me so there are different motives that people belong to church Others also come in because purely they don't care who is the pastor. They don't care the, 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 the temple that is built. They don't have any problem with the church or the chairs in the church or who ushers them or who is not there. All that they know is that they are coming to God and they are coming to serve God. So their ultimate aim is to fellowship with God because they are followers of Christ and they like to fellowship and so wherever they enter into all that is needed and important in their life is just find a place to fellowship so they don't look at personalities they don't look at who did what or who doesn't do what all that they needed is that they are connecting to their creator who is God over their life tell somebody flourishing in God's courtyard it's important for us to understand no matter what motive or agenda, or whatever it is that you came to the house of God, you just have to understand the benefit and the importance of belonging to God's house. If you lose that value, or that importance of belonging to God's house, you will just be ordinarily in the midst of the saints, and you will not be blessed. Psalm 92, Psalm 92, Psalm 92, if you are there, I'm going to take from the verse number 10. Psalm 92. From verse number 10. 
And I read. He said, but my horn you have exalted. The psalmist is talking about the gracefulness of God. He said, but my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Somebody said, God, this morning, anoint me with fresh oil and exalt my horn like a wild ox. You see, the horn of a wild ox, you cannot stand it. Have you seen a bull before? You see the strength of the horn of a bull. If he goes down, you will run away. And that is what the psalmist is praying for the believer. That a believer, you and I, our horns shall be, shall be like a wild ox. That which cannot be tamed. That when the enemy comes, we can devour them and destroy them. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? May the Lord exalt your horn. Amen. I said, may the Lord exalt your horn. Amen. And you will need fresh oil fresh oil liberates you every day when you have fresh oil your joy is intact when fresh oil is upon your life it breaks every yoke you will not be under any weather or storm you are always above irrespective of the challenges irrespective of the issues that comes around you you are still strong and you are you still be kicking because the oil upon your life is fresh say i need fresh oil he said my eye also has seen my desire of my enemies when that comes upon you, your your desire on your enemies will be seen. Your enemies want you to fail, but you see them failing. Your enemies want you to fall, but you see them falling. Your enemies want to be disgraced, but you see them being rather being disgraced. They will set traps for you, but they will fall in their own traps. Oh, you are not saying an amen because you are too gentle. He said, amen means let it be. It is not a slogan, it's not a jargon. So, Whenever you are in the house of the Lord and something is being said that you think it, you can relate to it, you say an amen not because it's a chorus or a song or because the pastor asks you to say it. You say an amen because you realize that that thing can be, is identified with your life. So you are saying to yourself that let it be unto me like that. And that was what Mary said in simple words to the angel. Let it be unto me according to your word. That word is put together into what we call amen. In amen, God becomes yes. And he says, my ears hear my desire on the wicked. Every wicked person that is pursuing you will hear the end of that wicked person. He said, who rise up against me? They will rise up against you. And God will cause you to see them falling. He said, the righteous, this is where I'm coming to. He said, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. The righteous shall flourish like what? A palm tree. The, the, The productive and economic benefit of the palm tree cannot be underestimated. When you live here today, go and Google the palm tree and see the benefits of the palm tree. From the palm tree, you get your palm oil. And the palm oil has been discovered. I'm not talking about the diluted ones in the market. But God in his wisdom gave us palm oil. Palm oil has been discovered to carry one of the highest vitamins or whatever you can think of. When you take palm oil, it even restores your sight. Palm oil is able to restore your sight. Hello? Palm oil, as far as its component is concerned, even it gives strength to your blood. It gives you energy. It repairs your organs and your tissues. Out of this same thing, we can get palm wine from the palm tree. And palm wine, if you don't abuse it, is one of... It boosts and rejuvenates your systems and helps you to move on. That is why when you abuse it, you, it breaks all your joints. I have the opportunity of tapping palm wine. And I can show you how it's done. If you joke with the fresh palm wine, you will disgrace yourself. Out of this palm tree, you get the nuts. The nuts can be processed into oil. Today, the whole of Malaysia and its greatness and its expansion is out of this thing. Though Ghana introduced you to them, but now they are teaching us the economic benefit of using palm. Give me a wave. Out of the palm kernels or the chaff or whatever it is, you can also have electricity, power. 
to generate power. It's able to restore energy out of palm kernels. The leaves are also used for brooms. For so many things, decorations. There is no aspect of the palm tree that you can throw away. And the Bible is saying that you and I, the righteous that have come to believe in the Lord Jesus, as a Lord and personal Savior, we shall flourish like the palm tree. Which means that our life is productive. Our life is not a mistake. You are not a curse. You are a blessing. So, if you don't have this understanding, you walk and think that you don't matter in life. The palm tree does not force himself or cry to be identified or his viability to be seen because he knows who God has made it to be. In the same way you as a child of God, don't just walk into God's house but know who you are in God. It is your value, it's your importance that you know that you are like the palm tree. Your benefit cannot be overestimated. You are above what men think you are. So the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Cedars are the most expensive woods you can find in the whole world. Cedars are not found in cheap homes. Cedars are found in palaces. If you want to see the wealth of the Sultan of Brunei, go to his place and see how cedars has been used to decorate the place into artifacts and good artworks. Cedars cannot be affected by termites or by any insect. They don't die. You, you see, there are some trees, when you have it, some of you, you have your TNJ and all those things. Before you see, you realize that there are holes in it and some powder will be dropping on your head. When you have a cedar, you don't need any polish spray of, of any wood to be able to maintain the wood. Cedars by themselves cannot be affected. They stand generations and time and they are strong. May you be like a cedar in Lebanon. And that is what God says you are. Which means that you are productive. The importance of who you are cannot be underestimated. So you don't only come to church, but this is who you are. Cedars have weight. In fact, they don't struggle even in dry season because their root is so deep that it is connected to the source of water no matter what. In the same way, you as a child of God, you and I, we are so rooted in Christ so much that he becomes our vine according to John chapter 15 that by it we bear fruits. May you bear fruit in your life. May your roots of serving God be deeper. May your love of following God be deeper. May your understanding of God be deeper. May your study of God's word be deeper. May your fellowship be deeper. May your prayers be deeper. May you not just be a Christian, but may you be a Christian with substance and with difference. In the name of Jesus. Who will flourish? Like a palm tree, and we shall grow. To grow means systematic way of development. The believer grows. You grow, you mature. It's a day in and day out. You cannot be brought down. And he says, verse 13, this is where the emphasis is. He said, those who are planted. Tap somebody and say, those who are planted. It's not those who are floating. It's not those who are oscillating. It's not those who are not stable. Are you there with me? But he said, those that are planted. Now, when you talk of planting, then you are talking of a seed. So you and I are seeds that God himself plants. So when we became saved, God took you and planted you. Now, when God planted you, you cannot plant a seed on a, on a tree. You plant a seed in a soil. And the seed and the soil, the seed goes into the soil because the soil is the home of the seed. 
The soil is the container of the seed. The soil is what determines the viability of the seed. So Bible said that a man went out to sow seeds and some fell on thorns and some fell on rocky areas and some fell on good grounds. And he said those that fell on the thorns, not that they didn't grow, but when they grew, the thorns choked it and they could not be productive because why? They were competing with the nutrients of the plant so they choked it and killed it. The one that fell on the rock couldn't survive because it doesn't have roots. But the one that fell on the good ground was able to survive because the soil texture in that place was able to aid the seed to grow. There was more moisture, there was more air, there was more porosity and it helped the the plant to grow and blossom and bear more world fruit. May the Lord plant you on a good soil. You see, if you don't understand why you are in church, you cannot flourish. That is why you can be surprised that you brought somebody to church and the person is doing well and you are being in the church for so many years and your life is still the same. It's about how you are accessing your seed in your soil. I was doing a presentation to a bank and I was telling them that, listen, in customer service that, listen, the most important thing you have to realize is that there is a word called humility. Say humility. humility. Say humility. humility. Now that word humility is taken from a very scientific word of the soil called humus. Say humus. Now humus means the soil. The earth. is a scientific term. Now, in the humus state of a soil, the soil is stable. The soil has all its nutrients and all everything, but the soil takes every kind of stupidity without complaining. You put your rubbish on the soil. You wee-wee on the soil. You can poo-poo on the soil. You can do everything on the soil. But this same soil, when you dig it, you can get minerals. You get gold. You get oil, you get, name it. You plant things in it, you get fruits to eat. You get everything out of it. It tells you the importance of the soil. However, the soil is able to contain everything, not because the soil is foolish, but the soil has power under control. In the same vein, when you carry your seed, you should look for a soil. So it's not an issue of I go to this church, I belong to this church, I look for where my seed will prosper. Because you see, if you are not planted in that place, you will never bear fruit. May the Lord plant you. Those of us who think church coming is a favor to the pastor, or a favor to the usher, or a favor to a leader, you miss it. You are carrying your seed every day you are coming to the house of the Lord. That is yourself. And you are planting because there is a correlation or a relationship between the seed, the soil, and water. So when you plant that seed, that seed goes into the ground, but that seed is connected with water. So it begins to break out and the roots begins to go down. As long as you have supply of water, that tree will come up and will bear fruit. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Tap somebody and tell the person, you carry a seed. How connected are you? So this talks about connection. Through connection, there is a flow. Through connection, there is a flow. There are temporal supporters of Man United and there are diehard supporters of Man U. There are temporal supporters of Barcelona and there are diehard supporters of Barcelona. The same way you have temporal members of a church and a diehard members of a church. The temporal members of Barcelona or Man U or A similar or Inter Milan cannot be compared with the diehard. Those people, they have cards and they have registration that makes them members of that team and they contribute to the team. They might be in Ghana or be in Asia or be anywhere. They speak as a fan of the team because they have a card that shows them. There are temporal members of a political party and there are planted members of a political party. 
in the same way, the question is, if you are a member of a church, are you planted or you are floating? I told you the flights will be uncomfortable along the line. We will face some storms. But brace yourself. We will get there. Because where your heart is, that is where your treasure is. And where your treasure is, is what directs your motive. Reason why you will run to work very early and you will not be late is a result that you think that that is the place that fits you. So you will never miss it for anything and you will never be late for anything. But the reason why somebody will not go to church on a Sunday but would like to sit in a stadium and chant and, and, and even fight. You saw soccer hooliganism and all those things going on in the world. It's as a result of the fact that their soul, their spirit, their everything is in that thing. So they worship it as an idol and they can die for it. Reason why people can even leave church because somebody made a political statement that affects their political party and they will get angry and insult everybody and damn the pastor is as a result that they see that political party as their life. The reason why some people can kill in the name of God is because they see God as their everything. The question is, where is your allegiance? What can you die for? And what can you kill for? Is it soccer? Is it a woman? Or what? Your attitude and my attitude of assessing God is dependent upon what is dear to our heart in the first place. Ask somebody sitting by you right now, what is your priority? It's one thing to say, I am a believer. It's another thing to show in your actions of who you are. Reason why now we don't have committed and firm believers. They get distracted easily and fly from one place to another is as a result of the fact that they are not planted. We are more of floating believers than planted believers. Ask somebody, which kind are you? But he says something to us. He said, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, shall, and the word shall is conditional. Are we, are we understanding some grammar here? The word shall in this context is conditional. It's not a futuristic thought alone, but it's conditionally linked to future. He said, the only condition for which you and I can flourish is not because I wear the nicest suit or the nicest tie or the nice dress and sat in a church and identify a church by name. That is the only way that God will prosper me and bless me. But when I am planted in that place, so my dress, my whatever is, it cannot be compared to my heart, which is in that place. We don't plant our body, we plant our heart. In other words, until my mind, my thoughts, my actions, my deeds, my will is in total alignment with the house, I will not receive a blessing. I have met a lot of people and a lot of people have said, they talk about churches, they talk about whatever and the struggle they are going to and it is simple. Bible says that how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. It is like the oil that flows through the head of Aaron through his beard. Now, if, if there is a gathering and the gathering is not aligned to the head, there is no flow. When you pour water on your head right now, where will the water go? The water will find its own level and its flowing areas. But you can bet it, that water can come through either here or go through here. But whilst it's going here, it's coming here. There is no way the water will not touch your clothes and your body. Because the neck is in alignment with the head. And God is a wise God. Anytime you fight the head, you lose out from the blessing. Am I talking to somebody? He said, those who are planted. Ask somebody, are you planted? Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. It is them that shall flourish 
in the courts of our God. And listen, it didn't end there. He said, they shall still bear fruit in old age. That means even in old age, they are still going to be what? Fruitful. Why? Because there is no way you can be connected to something that is fruitful and you will not be fruitful. In a, in a Greek, there is what you call grafting. When you go to a brie gardens, you will see a lot of them. Where a, a, a mango tree can be put together with, uh, 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 what do you call it, an orange tree and everything, and they will all bear together. You know how it's done? When they start, they take the mango tree and the orange tree, they bind them together with a, with a rope and keep them for a time and plant them. And over time, they bond together. Say bonding. Say bonding. So you see one part giving you apple, giving you orange, giving you this, but it is one tree. The reason is that they have learned to harmonize so much that you cannot differentiate between them. And they still keep their component, but they are still producing something that is unique and looking attractive. May the Lord make you to born in the house. It's not about coming to church. It's about bonding in the house. If you don't get this understanding, you just be rotating and you think you do the pastor a favor. You think you are doing the usher a favor. You think you are doing the leader a favor. And, and sometimes you feel like I should come to church or I don't feel like coming to church. I feel like praying. I don't feel like praying. She, it is not about feelings. It is about knowing. It's about knowing. Me, when they do it, I will not serve. Carry your bag. It's about knowing. Listen, if any of us here think that by serving this house, you make me a favor, it's a lie. Because I'm also serving. In fact, it has taken service to keep me and to prosper my life. If you see my life today, it is not because I am smart. It is about service. And I'm still serving. (laughs) Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Are you looking for prosperity? Oh, are you looking for prosperity? Then I'm teaching you the best way of prosperity. Because you see, prophets can say receive, but when you are not obedient, you cannot receive. Bible says in First Samuel chapter 3, it said, obedience is better than sacrifice and to hacking than the fat of rams. And he said, rebelliousness is like the sin of witchcraft. Those who are planted, watch it. God brings people your way to be connected to you, to be blessed. The very day they leave you, they begin dying off. Don't let us make a mistake. I'm a smart guy as I stand here. I know as long as my connection is with Dr. Otabel and with ICGC, I'll flourish. I've never made a mistake. The question is that you have a revelation of the house you are in. Some of you are in this church, but you don't know why God brought you here. So you have all kinds of attitudes. And so you are struggling. But the very day God opens your eyes to know that this is where I belong. And this is where I will bear fruit. That is the very day you begin seeing differences in your life. Because you see, the blessing will always be there, but it comes by connection. If some of you think that an outside preacher is the one that can make you prosper, that until that person comes in, you will not be prospering. The flight is getting hotter. So those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. There is no ambiguity to God's word. I said they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. There are some of you that sit in this church but you don't even have anything of the pastor or the house of the Lord. Yet you said you belong to the family. Ask somebody, where are you planted? I was chatting with a gentleman. He said, I've been listening to you on TV and radio on your discussions. And he said, forgive me. You know, we, we are politicians. I said, yeah, I know. He said, we've been, we've been listening to you and watching to know where you belong. But I must congratulate you. You've been very neutral and you stay in your course. And I told him, that is who I am. I am a Pan-Africanist. 
I am a root man from a ghetto. Are you understanding me? We speak the truth because Jah never lies. Hello? And we are bold as a lion. Because the thing is not about MPP or NDC. The thing is not about CPP or PNC or whoever. It's about Ghana first. You see, I don't see why you should get intoxicated and be fumed with politics at the expense of God. Kingdoms shall come and kingdoms shall pass. But the word of the Lord abides forever. If you don't understand these things, you think some politician is your messiah. But I am here to submit to you. If you are my member and you think that way, I pity you. And I am sad for you this morning. Because there is only one messiah who is Jesus Christ. And with your faith and hope is anchored in him. Then he will take care of all your needs. And even the nation in which you are in. You are not clapping because you are are all intoxicated with political fumes. I don't vote by colors. You can ask the people that I work with. I don't vote by colors. I vote by conviction. So any time before he's going to get so many whatever years before time, I know who is winning and who is going to be in this, on the seat. You come to serve God by conviction. And not because my brother is coming and my sister is coming. There are some of you today, if one morning you get up and the one that gives you lift is not coming to church, you're also not coming to church. There are people, when you don't have money in your pocket, you will not come and fellowship with God. Because you think money is what church needs. You make a mistake. There are some of you that when you have a dress, I will not come to church. My dress, I don't have dress to go to church. Who told you God is looking for your dress? At the expense of your heart. So you buy a new dress, you are waiting for Sunday to wear. You can't even sleep. So that day when you are coming to church, you are walking even changes. When the ushers are trying to, you want them to know that Charlie, you are wearing something new. Mercy. Go ahead and give the Lord a clap. So those that are planted, they shall still bear fruit in order. They shall be fresh and be flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Lift up your right and say in the name of Jesus. God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, plant me Lord in your house. Plant me God that I will bear fruit from today. Take me not away from your presence. But plant me that I may bear fruit. Amen. Amen. If you are planted in God, He takes care of even your business. If you are planted in God, He will take care of your political aspirations and everything. If you are planted in God, there is no fear in whatever you are doing. If you are planted in him, it doesn't matter which government come and which government goes, you will still flourish. Daniel was able to rule successfully. He was a satrap and a satrap is a governor over 120 governors. He was a foreigner. He was a Jew. He was not a Babylonian. But he ruled as a satrap because why? He was planted in God and he ruled on successive governors and nations and leaders that came. He ruled in the days of the king at Azazel. He rules in the, in the media 
Median's empire. He ruled in the Persian empire. He moved on three successive empires. And after that, God revealed to him and he wrote even about the end times. So you see, when you belong in God, it doesn't matter what political party comes to power. Your position is always intact and they will still see your value and you still move on to another person. You see, the essence of being a Christian is to maintain your neutrality. Neutrality is the key of the believer. That is why you and I are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We are not stomach direction believers. We are called to bring a difference. And you should be guided by this principle. It's too cheap for me to use my pulpit for politics. Hello? It's important for you to know who you are. Because you see where your supply is coming from. That is what you hold on dear. The psalmist prayer and said, he said, take not your sweet Holy Spirit away from me. You know why? Because the day the Holy Spirit is taken away, the psalmist David knows is dead. And each and every one of us who are supposed to be planted in the house of the Lord, you have to pray that God will not take his spirit from you. Because he takes his spirit for you and I to live your life. Can I move on? As a flourishing in the courts. In God's courtyard. So what do we mean by flourish? The promise sense to open, expand, enlarge, or shoot out as in glory. So to flourish means to thrive. Tell somebody you will thrive. To grow, say you will grow. To increase, say you will increase. And enlarge, say you will enlarge. He said, as a healthy growing plant. There are some plants when they are growing, they will grow alright, but they are sick. Have you seen a sick plant before? Oh, come on. Have you seen a sick plant before? And have you seen a healthy plant? You see the plant growing by your backyard and you say, wow, it's so attractive and so nice. And, and you, you, you can get up every morning. You don't even can't wait for the day to break. You just want to go and look at this thing growing. That is how you and I will be like. As children of God, you will begin to flourish. Anybody that sees you will see the glory of your father upon your life. Oh, I said they will see the glory of your father upon your life. The more you grow, the more younger you become. Oh, you did it. I said the more you grow, the more younger you become. You see, if you, you meet men who are old and they still look young in the eyes of the Lord, and you ask why, you know why it is like that? It is constant fellowship because you see, they are being new, they are receiving nutrients every day, so their life is being rejuvenated every day. They look younger and younger and younger and younger. I, I, I was I was on Facebook and I saw uh, 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 Reverend Edwin uh, 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 Duncan's birthday, sister birthday, and when I saw the man and the standing there with his swag and the wife. I said, even assisted, this man still look young and look a swag. Ah, may the Lord give you that grace. You will not get to that age and be wobbling. Ah, you understand what I'm saying? You shall not wobble. You shall receive grace and strength. You see, you will grow gracefully. Ah, I said, you will grow old gracefully. May you receive the grace to grow. Gracefulness, 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 gracefulness. Gracefulness. Age 70, you should hit the treadmill and still have energy running. Am I talking to somebody here? Your pressure will not be up. You will not have challenges of sugar diabetes. Your eyesight will not be affected. Your lungs shall not be affected. Your kidneys shall not be affected. Ah, may you receive the grace of God and the healing power of God. You will not have retarded memory. You will not lie on your bed and people have to toss you about, change your diapers and change your napkins. Ah, you will grow gracefully. At the age 80 and 100, you are still strong and active. You can do this for yourself. When God is calling you home, you shall depart in peace and not struggling. You shall not be sick and be on hospital bed. You just tell them, sons, my children, I am leaving you. My work is done and I am going to my father. You will Die smiling and rejoicing and not in pain. And not in pain. That should be your prayer. That should be your desire. You will not be a burden to your children. 
in old age you will not be a burden she will not be a ridicule she will not be tolerated but you will be graceful your grandchildren and your great grandchildren will surround you and tell them things of what God has done you will sign checks when your children are coming to give you money you tell them hold on this is what I am giving you you will sign checks for them so are you understanding what I am saying for the bible said the righteous shall live inheritance for his children's children I receive it you will flourish listen this thing about Christianity if you understand it eh, your confidence level will rise you will not be intimidated by anybody. You will not be tied to anybody's apron string because he gives you two cities or hundred cities or one cities. Your confidence will rise because you know who is your supplier. Am I talking to somebody here? You will be humble and respectful, but you know who is your source. You will grow gracefully. I said you will grow gracefully. I said you will grow gracefully. The next explanation of flourishing is to be prosperous. To increase in wealth and honor. There are people who have wealth but they don't have honor. They have wealth, they don't have integrity. They have wealth, but people despise their wealth. But the Lord by this will make you to prosper and you still have honor. Your money will come with dignity. Uh, You understand what I'm saying? I say your money will come with dignity. To grow in grace and in good works. Oh, you will do good works. I say you will do good works. To abound in the consolations of faith. You will abound in the faith. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Psalm 92 verse 12. Don't forget this. May the Lord open your mind and plant this scripture into your heart. That no matter what happens to you, you will not forget this scripture. When they wake you up from your sleep, may you be able to quote Psalm 92 verse 12. That the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree and like the cedars of Lebanon. That is who you are. When you are planted in his house. God's courtyard. What is God's courtyard? Biblically, it stands for the house of God. The courtyard is the house of God. And if you look through these scriptures I'm going to quote for you, it all points you to the courtyard. So until you are in God's house, you can't flourish. Until you are planted in God's house, you can't flourish. And if I want to bring it home to, to stabilize the flight, I have to let you know that until you are planted in Yahweh temple, you can never bear fruit in whatever you are doing. So the question this morning is that, ask somebody, have you examined your seed? Because listen, I am in this house. And people come and share testimonies. I am in this house. And I see people getting, I mean, breakthroughs that are mind-blowing. I have outsiders who come even to lie on this, your altar. They are not part of your congregation. But they just walk in here secretly. Come and lie on this, your altar. And put seed on it. And the kind of testimonies they are getting. You have no clue. You have people who don't even fellowship here, they pay their tithe. Because they know what they are looking for. And you and I are here. And it's difficult for you to even pay your tithe. And you complain you don't have money. How can you have money? If you are robbing God in his own house. Hello? There are people who are here and they honest the servant of God. And blessings flow in their life. And there are some who are also here. And they despise him. And they are walking. God's courtyard stands for the house of God. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. 
his gate with what? With what? So when you are entering into church, you should already be singing. Your thanksgiving should not start in the church. Your thanksgiving starts before you enter the church. Enter his gate. When the usher is opening the gate for you to enter, when you are entering, you are already looking cheerful. Irrespective of the problems you are carrying. Why? Because when I am sick and I am going to the hospital, I have a hope that I am going to be healed. So that is not a time I will frown my face. That is the time I have an anticipation and expectation that the doctor will attend to my needs. If you have an attitude, a doctor cannot cure you. Do you know that? So if you are coming to God's house, I mean, they open that when you get to the premises of this place, you should already be rejoicing. Because why? You are not rejoicing because there is no hope. You are rejoicing that you have hope. You know that then this is the last stop of my problem. So if I could not deal with it in a house, as I am entering into God's house, I know I am leaving that problem there. It's a mindset and you walk out of here without that problem. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. When you are entering, you are giving thanks. When you enter into the house of God, which is the courtyard, you are praising him already. He said, Give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalm 116, verse 19. I'm giving you scriptures to back what I'm telling you. He said, In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Are you getting it? So we praise God in this court. In the court of the house of the Lord. In your midst. Jerusalem praised the Lord. Tell somebody praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, so praise the Lord. And he say hallelujah. It's not a slogan. It's a state of being. And trust in God. And somebody else you are sitting there right now. How are you feeling in God's courtyard? There are some people they are sitting down right now, but they are not even here. They are thinking of their challenges, they are thinking of whatever. In his courtyard, you praise him, you don't think. Psalm 135, verse 2. Those of you who are writing, blessed are you. He said, you who minister in the house of the Lord, in the court of the house of our God. You who minister. Give me verse 3 in addition. Let me see what is there. He said, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praise to his name, for that is what? Pleasant. You who minister. Lift up your hand and say, I am a minister in the house of the Lord. Say, I am, I am a minister in the house of the Lord. Yeah. Who is a minister in God's house? The minister in God's house is simply the child of God in the house of the Lord. We are all here to minister. That is why when the praise and worship leader stands here, it's only in unison with us to worship. We are all ministering to God. So when you open your mouth and you are singing, and I'm singing, and this person is singing, it's probably a corporate worship before God. When you are praying and I am praying, it comes a corporate worship. As I am preaching to you, I am ministering to you, you are also ministering to me. Tell someone I am a minister. Are you being blessed this morning? Yes. Now, quickly let me run you through this, this. So how can I get the best out of church? Pastor, you said when I am planted, I will flourish. And order. So, how can I now get the best out of my church in Yahweh Temple? How can I get the best out of Christianity? If I belong to a church, what can I do to get the best out of it? Because remember, Psalm 92, verse 30 says that those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. First of all, this message continues after the break. From the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu. Get these life-changing, inspirational, and spirit-filled books. 
The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage, and any other ministry product of His. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry products at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House Last Stop, East Legon. Reach us on telephone plus 233-277-250420 or plus 233-249-393361. Email us revismila at gmail.com. Visit our website icgcislegon.com. Grab your copies now and experience a change in your life. Welcome back. How to get the best out of church? First of all, know why you are coming to church. Write it down. If you want to flourish, said those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish like a palm tree and like the cedars of Lebanon. First of all, know why you are coming to church. Ask somebody sitting by you, why are you here? Let the person give you an answer. No, seriously, let the person give you an answer. Find out right now whether the person even knows why he's in church. You'll be shocked, in sincerity, you'll be shocked that people even have to revise their notes to know why they are even here. Oh yeah, they will need even days. Man of God, and it's true. They will even need days to even think again why they are here. Sometimes what they are telling you now that that is why they are here. That is not why they are here. They don't even know why they are in church. And you can never benefit anywhere when you don't know why you are at that place. That is why when you get your visa all right and you travel and you get to a border of immigration, they ask you, why are you here? Because for the father you hold a visa does not mean that you should enter their country. If you don't know why you are there, the next available flight, you will come back. <laughs> the question this morning, God is asking all of us, why are we in church? Why do we even get up and come to church on Sunday and Tuesdays and Fridays? Why do we even come to church? Why are you in church? Choristers, ushers, congregation, why are we in church? Is it because, Pastor, I have the best message and latest message that I am coming? Wrong motive. Or are we in church because I have to be in service or at all costs because I have released a brand new Mercedes and today I have to drive it to church for everybody to see that my car has come. So when I get to the car park, my car hears my voice. Benefit from the court of the Lord, you have to know why you are in church. I hope you've written it down. Know why you are in church. Anything falling short of why you are in church, you miss it. Know why you are in church. Two, to benefit or to get the best out of church, prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. The same way you have time to select your clothes, iron it, tie to match, do your facial, take care of your hair, treat your nail, and everything. The same way your heart also should be in readiness to receive God. To receive God. Prepare your heart. Prepare it. Let it be ready that I am meeting the king. Let it be ready that I am meeting my maker. If right now as we sit down and the rapture, the trumpet should be blown and the rapture should take place, I should be ready that I am going with the Lord. It's not that I'm going to search to find out whether I'm a Christian. My heart should always be ready to meet with my king. Ask somebody, is your heart here? The third reason how to get the best out of church is put all your heart into worship.
put all your heart into what? Worship. You are not in church to look at who entered through the door with the nicest dress or the nice hair or who is wearing the best perfume or who knows how to dance or who is a better praise and worship leader than the other. That is not the essence of why you are in church. We are here because we have to put our hearts into worship. The word worship is worthship. Worth. Something that is valuable. Something that is expensive. Something that is, is, is honorable in the sight. So we are here because God is worthy. Are you understanding me? So I come to his presence with that understanding of his worthiness. And so in his presence, I adore him and lift him up. And he said, let's worship the Lord. That's not the time you are looking at people. No, not the time your total being is caught up with him. Your mind, your soul, your heart, your spirit is all engulfed in him to receive. Because through it, your life is touched. But some of us, during worship, that is why you are thinking of who has offended you. Who has a problem for you. So put your heart into worship. Because I want my heart to be in worship. You see, one of the greatest dangers of life is for me to carry offense. Put all your heart into worship. If there is anything at all, make sure you guide your Bible says, guide your heart with all diligence. Because out of it flows the issues of life. Guide. Tell somebody, guide. Tell another person, guide. Put your heart into worship. And verse number four. Capture the message and take it with you. Capture the message and take it with you. Some of us, by the time we leave this place, we've forgotten even what has been preached. Because we are in a hurry to go and eat some fufu. Capture the message and take it with you. One of the highlights of the service is the time for the word. Is the time for what? The word, like I'm giving you. God can talk to you at any time during the message and you must be ready to write it down. That is why when you are coming to church, you have to carry a notebook and a pen. Or have something to record or buy the tape and listen to it. Because God will speak to you as an individual. This morning when the man of God was leaving the song, the name Jesus, instantly the spirit of the Lord dropped a message into my spirit. And I have the message now. Another time when I'm preaching a message, that message will come. The message first ministers to me before I minister to others. You see, before we preach to you, we minister first to ourselves before we minister to you. You see, you can never speak to men if you have not learned the secret of speaking to God on behalf of men. Can I repeat it again? I, can, I said you can never speak to men until you have learned the secret of speaking to God first on behalf of men. You don't get anointed in public first. You get anointed in secret. That is why anything God created has a habitation. Your strength is in your secret place. Not in the open. That's why when you change the snake, you go into a hole. When you follow the lion, you enter into the forest. When you chase a fish who is just by the shore, relaxing, you run back into the water. Because that is where their strength is. When you get to kill the spider, you run into the web. Where will you run to? That's what the Bible says in Psalm 92. That he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He will say of the Lord, is my refuge and my fortress in whom I will trust. So you, you write down the key things that comes to you. One of the highlights of the service is the time for the word. God can talk to you at any time during the message and you must be ready to write it down. And when you write notes in church, 
don't try to write everything that is said. You write down, hey, quickly, let me finish with you this. You can't write everything. You write down first the key points. Write it down, the key points. This morning, I've given you some key points. That he that is planted, I ask of the Lord. So, I am planted. You write it down. Shall flourish. I will flourish. Where? In the court of God. These are the key things you should carry with you. This will help you to organize the message neatly in your mind. So that you can make reference to it. So that anytime you are talking, you make reference to it. On Sunday, this is what they thought. And you refer to it. See, you see, it is important to refer to your notes. That is where you grow. It's not only listening, no. It's in studying it. That is where growth comes from. When I got born again, in the shortest time, I was growing. You know why? When I go, I'm going to church, I carry notebook, I carry pen. Some of you, you watch me. When I'm sitting here and somebody is preaching, you see me on my iPad. Sometimes the man of God will be saying, oh, so he didn't know me too, I'm learning. I will not put it down and be looking at it. I'm also taking my notes. And you realize that sometimes you will preach and even come to me and sometimes my wife will shake and say, look, the man of God is there. Then I'll come back and then, but the truth is that I am soaking what he's preaching. I'm not there to listen because he's not an entertainer. In church, we don't entertain. In entertainment and theaters, you sit and listen. In the house of the Lord, you write. So we are not waiting for the next artist to appear on the stage. That is not church. Church, we are educated to be transformed. If you see any believer who is not growing, check that believer's life. He only sits through church and does not take anything out of church. B. You are writing down B. Good quotes and one-liners. Good quotes. If I make some quotes or a quote is given, you put it down. And one-liners. What do you mean by one-liners? You'll be able to highlight a key thing. A key word. So you know that the things that inspire you and help you remember. As I am preaching, anything that will inspire you, we call it a rima word. Say a rima word. Say a rima word. Everything can be general, but in the rima word, that is where your miracle lies. And that thing, you need to write it down. Meditate on it until it becomes flesh in your life. That is what Bible said. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was with God. When you hold on to your Rima word, you give birth to that word. Mary said, Let it be unto me according to your word. What word was Mary talking about? The angel said, You will bear. So she, in all the conversation that transpired between him, her, and the angel, there is a word she took home, and that word is that you will bear fruit. And that is the word she took. And said, let this word that I will bear fruit be unto me according to your word. When Hannah encountered Eli, Eli said so many things. Call her a drunkard, whatever it is. When she finished speaking, Eli said, let it be unto you according to your word. What is it? He said, I have asked of the Lord a male child. That is the Rima word. That is the Rima word. Do you get a rima word in the message you come to listen to? That is the prophetic word for you at the moment. And that is what you carry with you. And that is where you see your deliverance. You don't only see through church. You take something home with you. Finally, what God tells you in the service. What God tells you in the service. What God tells you in the service. God will speak to you outside what his servant says. Can I repeat it? God will speak to you outside what his servant says. I'm speaking general to everybody. But in the generality of what I am saying, there is a specific word for you, like I've already said. And God will direct that word to you personally. It might be a word that will convict 
convict you of something or it will be a word that will remind you of an issue or it will be a word that will throw your mind and open your mind to an answer you have been believing God for and that you don't understand. All of a sudden you get an answer or it will be a word that will come to you and encourage you in an area or it will be an answer for something that is troubling you and worrying you that you came to church with your heavy, your heart heavy and all of a sudden the word will come to you and as if you have discussed it with the man of God and he teach you pine. And he said, ah, that is the answer. You know, and you know that you are the one that God is speaking to. It's not what the man of God is saying. It's what God is specifically directing to your life. So God will speak to you outside what his servant says. Something that will be inspired in your heart. God bless you. Follow me next week. very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple East Ligon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastlegon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435 you can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service. And Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you. And my Lord with you, I know I'm covered. No greater power.